What's going on, guys? Welcome to River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Stars, Icarus FC, and of course, for the culture. This is your host, as always, Elliot Barr, and is joining me as two good men that take time to show respect to club legends. It's Shanira Matt. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. I'm glad for the W, but, you know, a bittersweet, a bittersweet weekend. Yeah, about the same. Uh, you know, doing as well as possible at the moment. Uh, you know, glad to see, you know, definitely help to see the guys on the field and, uh, you know, kind of pushing forward. Yeah, most definitely. Um, with that being said, uh, we did do a special tribute podcast to uh, Coach David Bueller. For those who don't know, I'll say it again. Um, Coach Bueller passed away uh, late last week, um, and the Red Army did a special tribute to him. So we had a couple of players and staff members on to just pay tribute to a club legend, uh, someone that has not only greatly affected this podcast, but many of the lights in Richmond. Um, so be on the lookout for that podcast dropping later this week. Um, and not to speed past that, but before we talk about the game, because, you know, what happens on the field is great, it's all fine, but it only lasts for 90 minutes. Um, the impact that happened off the field, man, I got to say, if I'm not – I, I got to say this. I was extremely proud of the Red Army for the tribute they did at the game at the 10 minute mark. And I was not able to be there because it was my wife's birthday. So I was able to be at the stadium, but um, seeing the tribute, seeing all the, you know, tweets that came in this past weekend, it really makes it feel special to know that, you know, how much of an impact uh, coach Bilo had on the Richmond community. Yeah. I mean, the support, was fantastic. I mean, under um, way back when, under Lee Kalashaw, I mean, Lee Kalashaw definitely acknowledged the Red Army's presence and the and the effect the Red Army had on on how well the kickers would perform at home and, and that that twelfth man mentality. But I think Bulo always took it a step further and completely embraced the Red Army and made the Red Army feel like we matter and that we are appreciated. And he he went above and beyond to do that. And um, I think it, it was only right that for the Red Army to to pay tribute to him the way they did. Um, the the it was amazing, an amazing um, an amazing tribute on the tifos, the banners, everything was just fantastic yeah absolutely and uh yeah everything you know said everything Elliot said uh you know i, I also want to you know, give a shout out to you know league as a whole uh you know for you know the you know show of support they've had you know usl productions you know uh you know ross devonport was you know calling the game made you know, made sure that you know it was you know drawn attention to you know, not just what we were doing, but, you know, I was watching other games this weekend and, you know, they, if uh, yeah, they made sure to, you know, feature a little bit about below, you know, during some of the halftime segments, you know, there, you know, as well, uh, you know, across both leagues, uh, you know, so, you know, you know, I, I, I give them a hard time a lot of times, but, you know, really appreciative, you know, of, you know, them, uh, you know, honoring him, you know, in that way and, you know, helping to, you know, get his story, you know, 
told, you know, so that way you know, everyone around the country you can be able to hopefully you get uh, you get a little bit of understanding and appreciation of uh, who Dave was. Yeah, most definitely. And is any game that feels like a David Bulo game, it was this one. <laughs> uh, we had everything in this game. We almost had um, a couple of howlers. We had a little bit of possessionless soccer, as you never like to call it. We had a deciding counterattacking goal, and we had a penalty to close out the game. On top of that, we also had a referee get hurt. I didn't see how, so maybe you guys can explain to me. I didn't. We had no idea what was happening. Um, <laughs> until someone said, yeah, one of the rest is subbing himself out. I was like, excuse me? Yeah, it was, <laughs> what, it was the uh, the big stand side assistant referee. I guess he uh, hurt his leg or something, and he couldn't continue. It was just a confusing point because it was literally right after the first goal. So, yeah, I think in the stands, a lot of us were wondering, like, wait, are they trying to, like, you know, review the goal? Do they put in VAR and nobody told us? Or, you know, <laughs> what's going on with this? Oh, my God. And then we had 10 minutes of extra time. We had a 100-minute game. One of the well, rare feats of soccer. It took like six minutes to get the ref subbed out. I know, but a 100-minute soccer game in regular season? It's amazing. I love it. The pr- um, crazy thing, that wasn't the only stoppage. I think there were two separate times where it looked like they were taking a water break. And I was like, it's 50 degrees out here. Why are we taking a water break? There, it was it was very strange. It was very, very strange. <laughs> it, it was. It was a very strange time. But I will have to say what's a little bit stranger is Darren Zawaski starting at 11. Um, no Hernan Gonzalez up top. We had Emmy, which Matt's been calling for for the longest, playing in that number nine spot. Um, Matt Baldell came back on the wing. Victor Flock by Swedish Pirlo came into midfield. And we also had um, a new right back, Calvo. Uh, seemed everything got clear for him to come into the first. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, so already knowing the result and then watching the game, I was able to focus a little bit more on him. He looks good in that right back spot. Might have been the first game, but I can't remember a lot of times where he ever really looked out of place or looked confused about anything. He looked really good in that right back spot. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, he looked very comfortable. He looked perfectly exactly where he needed to be. He he looked. He did not look out of place at all. Um, it, it was. Uh, a, a classic performance from him. You didn't, there wasn't any, I wouldn't say any highlight point for him too much, but as a fullback, he, he just did his job well and basically kind of shut down that side. Um, I remember in the first half, um, there were a lot of situations in which the ball was coming down that flank frequently, but most of the balls were coming down Monty's side and and that let you know like later on in the game they started to realize all right this isn't working let's go to the other side Monty held his down his side down fine as well but it goes to show you when a team feels that they have to completely flip the side someone's doing their job right and and Calvo really did his job very well yeah I mean the fact that you know there's not a lot of you know specific points where you Remember him for a defender? I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that to me that says you you did your job. Yeah, after the last two weeks, I'm, I'm okay not having to call out a defender. Um, we almost got close though. 
in this game, um, especially at the 10 minute mark where, you know, the Red Army was doing a tribute to, uh, former head coach David Bulo. Akira almost let in a holler and that would have been a really crappy way <laughs> to do that tribute because I'm pretty sure somebody would have said something in that moment of silence if Akira let this ball go in. It pretty much is just, does it, it doesn't feel like to y'all like Akira mishits it or is just like the South Georgia tournament to just anticipated a play and just stepped in front of it. Yeah, I mean, we were so we're down the you know far other end of the stadium at that point, so it was a little hard to you know tell in that moment. And uh, you know the bits and pieces that you know when to watch back, it wasn't you know, perfectly clear to me what was going on. So uh, I didn't make a mental note of it, you know, when it happened at all. Uh, but you know, I think you know it shows because uh, you know we had somebody back you know on the line to help you know kind of you know clean it up, you know, take care you know business afterwards. Uh, so as long as there's that you know, communication there, I, look, obviously you don't want that to happen at all. Yeah, you know, but there is that defensive instinct you know, there to you know, make sure that you know, you know, even if something goes awry, there's going to be some cover available. Yeah, that was good to see. And I mean, definitely down that section or now coming down to y'all in. I mean, what was it? I think it was like the forty-fourth minute, if memory serves me right. Um, we had a free. I mean, a corner kick. And I can't, I couldn't tell who got their head to it, but it looked like the ball almost went in. Like, I think it got cleared off the line by a South Georgia player, um, off the header. How was that for y'all, like, in that moment? Cause I'm pretty sure, like, everyone was holding their breath, expecting that ball to hit the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, it, that was a situation of, that's old school for me. For me, that was bread and butter. That's old school. Always have a player on the posts and literally that, that defender didn't have to move. And if they're not playing in that way, they, the guy comes off the post, goes to try and mark a man. That's a goal hands down. But, and, and I mean, this, this goes to show you, I mean, it, it's a proven, it's, it's a tested system. Get somebody on the post. And I do feel that, you know, that, that cost us. I mean, at the end of the day, we weren't able to, to, capitalize on that chance but that's okay you know i mean it, it i'm glad i got to see that because it's something that i kind of have a little bit of a pet peeves about people changing the fact that they don't put players on the post anymore and we see so many goals scored because there isn't a defender on that front post <laughs> but um i'm i'm just I don't know. That was that was probably the closest chance we had in the first half. Um, apart from that and uh, that that fluke moment where the ball was cleared off the line, um, I, I feel like those were basically kind of the only two big moments in the first half. There wasn't too much else that happened. There was a lot of play in the middle of the field and back and forth. And, and going back to what I was saying about the fullbacks, I think the fullbacks are what created a lot of the, you know, lack of big chances in the first half, at least on our end, because I feel like Monty and Calvo, that's where they were going to try and create chances. They were trying to go wide to create chances, and we were sh our fullbacks were shutting everything down out there. It made for a boring, a bit of a boring first half, but 
I'm happy with it. Nil-nil at the end of the first half. Yeah, I, I would agree it wasn't the most exciting first half ever. Uh, in the moment, I can't, I, I can't honestly say I was happy about it. Uh, you know, right then it was more of a, come on guys, what, you know, what, what are we doing here? You know, you're right. You know, then, uh, you know, but it certainly turned around. I mean, the good thing I think we can take out of you know, all these games is that very solid defensive shape, you know, overall, you know, unless we're, unless the guys are, you know, kind of beating themselves, not many quality chances are coming out of it. You know, he's going to have to you know, take one or, you know, the one or two, you know, looks they get and you know, capitalize because otherwise these guys, you know, are, uh, they'll give them low quality look, you know, and if somebody scores a low quality look fine, uh, you know, but we're not, you know, they're not giving up, you know, high quality chances. Yeah, that's very true. And I think one of the talking points going into this game that I heard the commentator say was Richard has to get physical. Um, and he made a point that I never thought about until he said it. About outside of our back line, our team isn't very tall or very like you know imposing. And I was like, oh, that's very true. Um, but going into the game, I think Richmond had at least four or five. I, th- I think I counted at least three yellow cards, a lot of fouls that Richmond players committed. But I think that's something that they're wanting going into this game for us to get stuck in, get very close, especially to Micheletto, who almost had a dangerous chance. In the second half of the game, but I, I seem like that was a sticking point for Darren to make sure that we did get physical. Not like how we didn't get physical enough with them last year, and let a player like Josh Phelps, who is a center back turned striker, you know, pretty much dominate our back line like we did last year. Well, I mean, let's point out that uh, you, you tried to dive for a penalty, got busted on it in the first half. You know, he was, did, and it was very. It was very bad. Die. It was. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's that. But uh, yeah, I, I think the physicality point. I think that's a good point. You know, I, I don't think Zaka has ever seen a challenge that he didn't like. So uh, you know, and granted, he, look, he's going to end up sitting some games because he yelled. He's got another one. You know, this game. So this, that suspect is going to come at some point uh, along the way. You know, but. The, the big thing I, I think is, you know, I'm all for the physicality. We gotta be a little more selective on, you know, where they're fouling. Cause what was it like? Probably three or four, maybe even five, you know, pretty decent free kick opportunities, you know, right near the penalty area they had. Uh, you know, Kier, you know, had to make a couple saves off of them, but you know, you, you can't keep giving those up. Like we're doing, you know, doing a great job in, you know, open play. You just gotta minimize the high danger set pieces. Yeah, maybe we have to go to the Fernandinho school of uh, tackling to learn the tactical foul part of the game. <laughs> um, yeah, but moving into the second half, I mean, Matt Angola, you were right. The first sixty minutes pretty much was a nosedive, and then all of a sudden, here comes Alex, and I gotta say, man, he changed the entire complexity of this game. Not saying like Matt did a bad job, but I think we were talking about it in our group chat this week about how Matt is more of a midfielder playing winger. And I think this game proves it to me a lot because a lot of times like he would get the ball outside and try to cut inside or he would position himself further in. Olet, he is positioning himself on the outside foot of that fullback and he is looking to abuse pace the entire time. And that's what he did on the goal. 
even before the goal happened, like it was like a similar play that almost happened where he pretty much, if I think it was Bolognos that's not offside, Olex is in on goal, you know? So, Shanir, you want to break us down to this first goal, sir? Um, yeah, so that first goal was it. It was magical. I mean, you you look at first of all, there is a lot of movement, a lot more movement in the midfield than we were seeing before, and I think a lot of that came from uh, came from the the subs. Basically, there were there were it was a new dynamic coming onto the field, and to be honest with you, I think this goal happens because um, which play? Oh, okay, um, O'Callahan got beat by Olex too many times to the point where he's scared of him now, and he literally runs past his back line and puts Olex onside, and um, I think Terzaghi, I think it was Terzaghi who does turns and feeds him that ball uh going wide literally they are the farthest to probably by about three to five yards O'Callahan and Olex are further past the defensive line and so now you're in a situation where Olex is literally isolating O'Callahan by himself on that flank and now you have the center backs hustling to get back. This allowed for a little bit more space for Terzaghi in the middle, and Terzaghi does not need a lot of space to turn, to score. It, I mean, it was amazing that he received the ball with his back to goal and still is able to turn, to turn that defender to put the ball in the top corner. But just you don't, he doesn't need a lot of space to create some magic, and that's that's what we got right there. Yeah, I mean, Matt, you could probably talk about this a whole bunch, but Tizagi being in that number nine spot, I don't know what it does to the center backs, but it's almost like I feel like wherever Tizagi is in that number nine spot, it puts them in no man's land. Like it's like damned if they do, damned if they don't. Because if you close out of the space of Tizagi, then there's someone else being opened up right there. Yeah, I, mean, I think a little bit. Of that. I mean, you know, I think part of it is he's just a really good all around soccer player. You know, right? So you know, you, you look at him. He doesn't look like he should be fast, and and like he, he's not an you know Olex you know burner or anything, but you know he, he can have you know take a good, you know, quick couple steps and you know get by you. He's not going to win a hundred yard dash, but all you need is a couple steps as a striker, you know, to be able to you know, take it. You know, this goal right here, you know, not a big guy, but you see him he's holding off their center backs, you know, you know, back to the goal, you know, able to you know, be able to you know, muscle up you know that way. You know, he's you know. Got plenty of you know, skill on the ball, so he's got you know, kind of a you know, total package right there. So you can't you know just say, all right, well, we can just you know, put some six five guy on him and we'll be able to neutralize him. You know, nothing will be able to happen. Uh, but I also think you know, he knows you know how to show up in the right spot at the right time, right? You know, okay, you know, Olex is coming down the wing. Let's make sure we're at the right angle to be able to make it an easier pass you know, for him to be able to receive. And you know, he. Turn and you know hit that finish. I mean, live in the stadium, I I could have swore had it been a deflection or you know something you know to be able to you know, get in and kind of loop in like that. But no, he was able to you know kind of you know, scoop it in, you know somehow uh, you know to go in at that angle and I mean, that's 
you know, takes a you know, special kind of nose for gold. Yeah, now, even though I was watching it, it's always a special goal when you see the uh, goalkeeper do like a full body strike save, like curvy, and he can't get a fingertip to it. So that is great. <laughs> I love it. But then also, like, 89th minute, Alex once again comes out onto the field and he gets a whole penalty. Like, let me ask you guys this before we talk about um, how this penalty came about. Do you feel like Ole- Alex fits better as a super sub than starting a game for 90 minutes? Um, I guess it depends on the game. In this game, it was perfect um, when he came on. But I, I, I'm thinking to myself, if he starts this game and starts this game pushing at the, the back line, do we have a different result? Do we have more goals? Do we have more excitement in the first half? Um, because I don't think it was a lack of organization or tired legs that, that caused his sub to change the game. It was just the way he was playing on that wing. It was completely different to the way that Matt Boldos was playing on that wing. So I guess, like I said, it, it depends on the game. It depends on the game. And I think this is going to be um, a testing ground while we, while we play every team at least the first time. And once we've gotten every team the first time, I think when we meet teams for the second time, I think Darren will know exactly which players to start in which game. And I think against Tormenta, I would start Olex in the next game against Tormenta. Because, like I said, there wasn't a lack of organization on the back line. There wasn't a lack of, of, of there wasn't fatigue that caused Olex to, to do what he did. It was just, he was more the type of winger we needed in this game than Matt Bulldogs was. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. The, you know, we have a number of different options for those you know, spots, and different guys are going to you know, bring different strengths and you know different you know, weaknesses. You know, Bulldog going to be a guy who's going to be to probably you know, give you a lot more uh, solidity on the defensive side you know, of it, and he's going to be somebody who will be probably a little bit more reliable on you know, whipping in the crosses, you know, whereas you know, Olek you know, might be you know, the guy who's going to you know, stretch the you know, back line you know, a little bit more. Not that you know, Matt Boldick is uh, you know, slow. He's deceptively fast. Uh, you know, but they use the speed in different ways. You know, uh, so uh, I don't think there's a bad option. I think you know, that's you know, why Darren's in his job to be, like Junior was saying, making sure that you're assessing you know, what is the other you know, team uh, have and how can you know, be able to maximize it. Uh, I think Olick's is never going to be a bad option off the bench. You know, but you know he doesn't want that role. You know he wants to be playing ninety. You know because yeah. you know any professional athlete's going to want to play ninety. You know none of them are going to be happy saying, "All right, well, you know, you're going to be our super sub. You're going to get twenty each and every week." You know, even if they're tearing it up like that, they're going to want more. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, of course, especially someone that's a you know international star. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be losing him soon with. Uh... CONCACAF Nations League coming up every day like that. It wasn't surprising. And, oh, and there's some qualifying still, too. I mean, they ain't going to make it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, they still have a couple games here to be able to go. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to prevent a guy, you know, going off and you know, representing his country in World Cup qualifying. No, nah, not, not at all. You know, go go out there and make us proud. Man. Go out there and make us proud. Um, 
real quick, we'll just talk about the penalty. It was good to see Terzaghi make it, but it's been a while. Uh, I think that's his first penalty he's made in, I think, his last three attempts because he missed the first one, but Pablo Jara stepped off his line, which the new referee that we talked about earlier um, called rightly. Emiliano takes it again, and Jara was off his line again. So that's where we're at. Um, kickers go up to two. Going to nothing, and then we get the 10 minutes of extra time. Nothing really much happens. We close out the game. I will say this. This game was very important because it really dictates whether or not you're third in the table or if you're eighth. And I think the tone, the outlook of the team is very different going into this, I guess, quote-unquote, bye week than it is. If we're eighth, and right now we're sitting third. So how do you guys feel about going into this quote-unquote bye week? Yeah, I think I think this was a much better way to go into um, a bye week. Because when you're going into a bye week, you don't want to go in with a loss or a game that you could have done better in, um, you could have gotten a better result in. Because then that sticks with you for two weeks, you know? And it's it it can it can sink in it can fester, and the team comes back looking you know even worse for wear than they were before the bye. Um, in this situation, we're going out on a high. We're going into into a bye week on a high. Now this gives Darren plenty of time to try different things out, work different things out in practice, solidify certain things without the team feeling like oh we should have done better, you know. They're going in like, all right, we won. So then let's work hard. Let's let's try and 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 incorporate new parts of our game to win again. You know, so I think I'm I'm happy we're going in with a W. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's not just you know not going in off a loss. It's not going in uh, to a bye week of three straight losses and you know two of them at home. Uh, you know, one loss, okay, that something randomly happened, but three in a row, that starts to be a trend that starts to, uh, you know, you know, seep into most locker rooms. I don't know this locker room well enough to, you know, how that would impact them, but, uh, I'd rather not find out, you know, either. You know, so, in that, you know, definitely helps you know, getting, uh, you know, Emmy up and you know, going on the score sheet. Uh, I think you know, that is something that, uh, is going to, you know, probably help him, help the team, but also, you know, give a reminder to the opponents of, Hey, this guy's still around. You know, he he's lethal. Yeah, and he's very lethal at that. Um any so going into going into this bye week, we get Gary got a full week to figure out how to make the offense a little bit more fluid. The defense is solid. Like we we've been praising the defense. Defense not the issue. If you're Darren Sawatsky. I think actually where our issue is is actually in terms of solidifying the midfield, because I think it's from the distribution from the midfield is where some of our irregularities have been. Mm. Um, Olex is great up front. Matt Bolduc, when he gets the delivery, he can he can do some damage. Uh, Bolaños has been very very scary for defenders, and um, I mean even if if we have a midfield that's solid and that can provide that distribution. I even think Gonzalez would do well as a number nine um, because when he did come on um, as a sub, 
his holdup play looked a lot better today. What there were many situations where the ball came to him, and he just he just he went big body and just held on to that <clears> ball <throat> until there was an option. So I, I think that midfield is where the work really needs to be done. I think there's something to that. I mean, I think you know what this game really reinforced to me is that you know, it really seems like you know Darren's plan, his you know idea is to try to maximize the one-on-ones. You know, I think he has a lot of trust in his players that hey, if I get my guy into a, a one-on-one scenario, he's going to be able to beat the other guy. You know, look at how many times you know uh, with the look to try to get it out wide to you know, Bolaños and let him you know take his you know, shot, take his look. You know, try to get it out to you know, Boldick or you know Olux or even you know, try to find you know, Neil in you know spot where he could uh, be able to you know, challenge uh, their you know, defensive midfielder or center defender stepping up you know one-on-one in the more central area, even if it's just to be able to advance the ball, you know, from uh, you know midfield into the attacking third. So uh, I'm getting that impression that that's you know what they're looking for. They're trying to you know, do and have the belief that the talent is there. And they're just trying to you know, find shapes, find ways to be able to get you know, these one-on-one opportunities and you know, trust that you know, hey, if I beat my man, we're going to have numbers then, and we're going to be able to make something happen. Yeah, that's very true. So. The question I was going to ask you guys was, if you're Darren Sawatsky and you're sitting there, you know, got two weeks, what's the one thing that you're looking to improve um, this team upon? And I think you guys pretty much answered it already. Um, so, yeah, like we said, there's no game next week. You got an off week, so kicker trans, enjoy it. Uh, anything from you guys before we wrap up? I'm pretty sure we're all a little extra sleepy, you know, long day of recording for us. Um, I mean, just looking forward to the the next game on the 22nd. It's another home game. Um, Even after after the bye week, we've got another home game against uh, North Carolina. Um, New team in the league. And uh, we'll see we'll see what we can do against them. They've only played once so far this season, I think. Um, Yeah, I think they only had one game. Yeah, this past week against uh, Greenville. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll, be, we'll look forward to that game. A little new derby starting up, maybe. Hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, probably. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that would be a good derby for us because this whole Greenville being a derby is not working for me. <laughs> yeah, North Carolina's. You, you can drive home after the game. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And the thing about Greenville is neither set of fans really care about it. Like, the league set it up so, like, Richmond and Greenville will be rivals, you know. And neither well, set of fans even care about Elliot, it. Like, Elliot, do you not do you not care about the Boston Sports Cup? No, because I don't get free health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I can care less about it. Like, Greenville fans care about being petty towards Union Omaha fans. And Richmond fans care about who can Drake more between four Madison fans. That's all. <laughs> That's yeah. all we want. Yeah, so those are the derbies. Don't, don't, we don't. Mm-mm. <laughs> to go back to your other question, though, Ellie. Uh, so, a couple, you know, a couple things. You know, I, I praised uh, USL earlier. Uh, I got to balance that out now. Okay, so, so, you know, Akira make, makes team of the week deserved, had a clean sheet. You know, Ivan makes, you know, team of the week well deserved. You know, he's been an absolute rock in the back, you know, all season so far. Emmy makes team of the week. Obviously, he scored two goals. 
where's Oleg Anderson? How does it, you're going to tell me that you know you know there are the reason for eleven eleven other players that had a better you know game week than this man? Come on, Matt, you asking the important questions that we don't get paid enough to answer. Yeah. You asking the important questions. Hold on. Part two of this. Uh, the nominees for goal goal of the week are out. Why is Miliana Terzaghi not you know, listed? You know. All right, I, I can get the North Carolina one. That's you know, decent. Did you see that forward Madison goal? Oh wow, they passed the ball on the ground to him and he shot it. Cool. You know, whatever the other one was, also wasn't you know. It was the same. It was the same kind. This Emilio literally did a spin and flipped the ball over the goalkeeper. The goal that Ford Madison should have put in there for goal of the week is their stupid mistake of a goal that they gave up to FC Tucson, where the goalkeeper rolled the ball out too far. It gets scored on. That should have been in there, but I digress. Yeah. Look, yeah. I, and so this is what third season in a row that we get shafted for goal of the week or goal of the season. Like, come on. Yeah. yeah. And look, I, I can't even be convinced that you know, maybe Truzagi's goal isn't a goal of the week winner. But you're not going to convince me that's not one of the top three. Yeah, you know, compared to some of these other ones. So, right. Come on, get get your stuff together. I know you. I know they want to get their forward. You know, clicks. I know they want to you know get their Chattanooga clicks and all that, but uh, Chattanooga you know, clicks. That's new. Well, <laughs> I, I, tr- I was trying to remember who the other one was. There's some Chattanooga. I mean, there's there's some decent build up, but yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. So and even last week, you know, obviously none of the goals from last week you know should have been because all of those were just uh, keeper errors. Yeah, but Greenville, you know. Okay, Greenville should have won it. They shouldn't have won it for the goal that got nominated. They should have won it for you know the guy with you know a back heel volley, you know scoring you know with the you know heel flick on instead of you know just the you know run of the mill of you know guy gets into the box and you know you know finishes it you know through the keeper. Good goal. That's that's what we need to know. We need to know how this process goes. I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> I'll tell you what happened with the Greenville one. You know, the first Greenville goal, the sun was still up, and you know how that field gets like you know all shiny and everything because it's turf. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't a great picture. The last one was at night, crisper picture. I guarantee you, they picked it because oh, the video looks better for social. <laughs> oh, oh, I will bet. I will bet you anything. That's what it is. Oh so, man. USL League One, we need you to come. The USL League yes. One, you need to get more soccer heads making these decisions. Okay, um, it's not about marketing; it's about who's got the best goal. The other stuff can be marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that, that that was my uh you know point. You know, major props to you know guys on Team of the Week, well deserved. Oleg, you deserve to be on that you know list too. Uh, we, we got you, man. And we'll keep on uh you know. Raising the you know raising the good hell to you know make sure our, our guys get the shine they deserve. Right. And before we close out, man, we gotta talk about uh the fans made jersey by uh one of our very own, David Augustine. Um the same visit a grenadine kit. Very good kit going to a very good purpose. The link will be down in the description. So uh fans make sure to link click on the link. I think pre order started on the eighth. Um, any thoughts on the jersey, guys? What you guys think about it? It looks cool. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, really fit in the whole uh, St. Vincent, you know, kind of flag motif into there. Obviously, it goes to a great cause. Uh, we talked about that, you know, an episode or 
you know, to go to. And, and look, you know, if you're doing that to support Oleg, he's our man. Yeah. Team, should be team of the week. Yeah, should be player of the week, man. Should be. Yeah. Well, look, he's the player of the week on this podcast. So that's the most important one. <laughs> that counts. But yeah, def- definitely support, you know, because uh, all the proceeds are going down to, you know, St. Vincent. And uh, yeah, people could use it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so with that being said, guys, I think we have deserved a good week off. Uh, so we will have a podcast out next week. Uh, like we said earlier, we will have a special uh, tribute podcast dropping out to David Bielo. So um, make sure to check out that when that drops as well. Um, any last thing for you guys before we wrap up? No, I think that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, great celebration of David Bielo's life at the stadium, you know, kicker's, you know, legend. Uh, I think he's like third or fourth, you know, top scorer, you know, uh, you know for the team all time. Still, I think, tied for in his second uh, most goals, modern era U.S. Open Cup, you know, history. Uh, you know, obviously, great person, you know, great friend of a lot. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad we were you know, able to, you know, pay tribute to him, uh, you know, as, as properly as possible in the stadium. You know, on Saturday, and uh, you know, I'm confident that you know they'll continue to carry on throughout the years as well. Yeah, yeah most definitely. W for him too. Right, right, yeah. most definitely. With the penalty at the end, I, that's, <laughs> yep. that's the most beautiful thing possible. Right, <laughs> most beautiful thing. And he would have loved it all. He he would have loved it all. You know, he would have. Um, so with that being said, listeners, as always, you can catch us on Twitter, Instagram at RiverCity93. Um, always leave us a five-star balloon down below in the description. And also share with a friend. So with that being said, this is Janair, Matt, Elliot. We'll catch you guys later. Keep us on the good side, guys. We'll highlight you later.